Hey, Martin. Hey. Guess what time it is? Ice cream time. Well, podcast time. But I mean ice cream. What kind of ice cream? Uh, it is chocolate and coffee. They're false, because it's gelato. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to the Idea Lemon Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan. His name is... Martin McGovern, and Rajiv's learned the concept, yes, and. <laughs> and this is the show where we have deep life conversations with dope ass people and we are on a road trip right now in case you didn't know going through the country we started in chicago right now we're actually in austin texas on the final final wing i guess of our road trip but while we were in las vegas last week we actually caught up over the phone with jordan harbinger we were supposed to meet up with jordan in san francisco while we were there the previous week but if you listen closely to this episode you'll find out why we did not meet up in person. So this is a conversation that we're really pumped about. It's around dealing with rejection. It's something that we've all faced, whether it's on the dating scene, on the business scene, just even rejecting ourselves in our own minds. Rejection is something that is fear's best friend in my mind. You got anything to add? I like ice cream. (laughs) So we have a cool conversation with Jordan Harbinger of Art of Charm. He's the CEO and founder of Art of Charm about how to deal with rejection. Before we dive into the episode, I want to remind you guys that our epic road trip and our podcast is in partnership with the Badass Travel Community. Under 30 Experiences! If you don't know about them, check yourself and get on under30experiences.com. So if you're listening to this right now and you are not in either Bali or Brazil or Belize or Costa Rica or Nicaragua or Peru Wait, or I'm not Iceland. <laughs> well, but we're traveling too. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you're not in one of those places, get yourself to one of those places. You're going to have an awesome time, uh, meet really cool people, like-minded, ambitious adults who enjoy traveling and getting out of their comfort zone. You'll see cool stuff. You'll make great friends just as we have on our trips that we've taken on with under 30 experiences. And to get you one step closer to getting on one of those trips and getting on that flight, they have shared with us, for you, the listener, a promo code you can use for $100 off your next booking at under30experiences.com. So when you go to their website, use the promo code IDEALEMON, all one word, and you'll get $100 off your next booking. 100 bones, come on, do it. So that is the promo code. Again, it's idealemon at under30experiences.com. The promo code's idealemon. The website's under30experiences.com. We will dive right into now our conversation with Jordan Harbinger, CEO and founder of The Art of Charm, where we discuss how do you handle rejection and check. I, I honestly think I've lost track of the rejections. There's just, it's such a reality of people that, that create or do things that there's there's no counting it or or even sort of focusing on it is proven to me just to be kind of a dead end so i have no idea i mean when it comes to personal relationships or business or sales i mean life as a as an entrepreneur or small businessman is so full of it that i i honestly i lost count years ago yeah that's 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 really interesting because i think one of the examples you brought up was was sales there that's something mm-hmm. for me. So I used to work in sales at an ad agency. And when I got into sales there, like that kind of like shifted my perspective of what rejection actually is. And the fact that it really isn't that bad because you're still breathing at the end of the day. And yeah, someone said no, but it actually like, I, you kind of like can turn it into a game, especially in sales, because it's like every no is one step closer to a yes. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the sort of cliche is like the statistic is for every five no's, you're closer to a yes. So sales guys are like, I relish the no because it's closer to a yes. But I don't think anybody really does. I think people want to hear the word yes. And they just say they relish the no because they know that they're they're getting the statistically they're going to get a yes. But it's not like. It's like in gambling. Nobody goes, oh, I'm so glad I lost this time because 59% of the time I'm going to win, so that's getting closer. It's like, no, you still lost 20 bucks. Yeah. You, know, you, still, it's st you still screwed up. Or, like, you still suffered a consequence or you still found some way that you could have done something better. And there might be a little victory in there, but I don't think anybody likes it as much as they like the actual victory. So I, I don't necessarily buy into all that stuff. I think that it's, it's true that you shouldn't look at rejection as like, oh man, I blew it. But I, I just I just don't buy the fact that people are like, oh, I like losing. I mean, no, you don't. <laughs> That's kind of an interesting take on the abundance mindset where people say like, oh, you can't think of the world as this limited pie. Uh, you also, you know, there, there's no limit to the number of no's actually <laughs> out there. No, you're right. It's, it's, it is a world of abundant rejection. Get used to that. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I think, yeah, no, I, I agree. It's not that you necessarily look forward to the no's. And as I'm thinking back about, you know, my sales time, it's not that you look forward to the no's, just that you get more used to it, which makes it way easier to deal with the more you get used to it. Like the first time you hear no, like I remember whenever my first sales call was, I was like, oh no, what's wrong with me? But then right. you hear it again, it's like, okay, well maybe something's wrong with them. Screw them. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know, after a while, it's just like, okay, this is the reality of what it is. There are yeses and there are nos. And it's like a necessary evil that I have to get through whatever, you know, people just not liking me or not liking what I have to say in order to find the people who do. Yeah, it's just a matter of not internalizing it anymore. And the only way to do that is not to try to avoid it. It's not to try to build weird walls around it. It's to go in there and just embrace the idea that it's going to happen. And some people might do that by being like, all right, for every five no's, I'm going to get a yes, which is not necessarily true. But hey, if that's what gets you through the pain in the beginning, awesome. But it's going to take you months or years to get through it. And every time, you know, you go through something, you're going to find hidden barriers that you put up to like avoid rejection and all that stuff. And the, the more you can get rid of those, the better off you're going to be in business or personal relationships. And, you know, people go in all these weird directions with it that I think some are unhealthy. Like I'm going to try to do ridiculous things to get rejected. And it's like, that's cool, but only to a certain extent, you, you can literally make yourself a weirdo by going for rejection too much. And then you end up teaching yourself all these weird social giving yourself weird social issues where like you literally aren't following social programming at all but that's not <laughs> because you end up doing what a lot of those like pickup artist weirdos are doing where you're like I'm gonna walk around with a dildo on my head for it's like cool <laughs> you're that fucking guy like I don't know if I can say that on your show yeah, but now we're, you're we swear all the time <laughs> the thing is that's cool to a certain extent to like just show, okay, listen, look, worst case scenario, you did this ridiculous thing and nothing happened. But when people get addicted to that process, what you're actually doing is you're just rejecting other people at that time. So if you do it for a few days, great. But if you're that guy who goes around constantly trying to find ingenuitive ways to get people to like say no to you, you're just rejecting other people before they can reject you, which basically it's like, congratulations, you just developed some sort of weird pathology where now like, 
if people don't say no to you, you almost don't know what to do. So it's really easy to kind of go overboard. And you, you see this a lot with like internet marketers where they're like, I want to outprice people. I want to get unsubscribes. I want to make an outrageous sales letter that's so ridiculous that only the right people. It's like, okay, cool for your like social experimentation ahead. But it doesn't mean that people like you more. It doesn't mean that people are more interested in your stuff. It just means you've pushed the bounds of the ridiculous. And if that's your goal, then congratulations. But if your goal is to be better yourself in some way or like serve an audience of, of better folks or people that suit you better, then stop trying to make yourself unrelatable and weird. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's so perfect. Cause it's, it's, you're supposed to learn from no's. You're not supposed to just ignore them and keep moving forward. Right. I was in uh, Spain in senior year of college and uh, I, I don't speak Spanish at all. And my friend taught me two words, queso, uh, which I screwed up while ordering a burger. And <laughs> uh, he taught me uh, bailar. And this one night we went out to a club and I'm not a club person. And I just, uh, I ended up getting split up and I'm in the center of this huge club and I'm like, all right, I, I don't know what to do here. I'm really out of my element. It's like five stories, gorgeous Spanish people. And I just, I look at this, you know, this girl and I go, uh, bailar? <laughs> and she just turns around, looks me up and down and goes, mm, no. <laughs> and I was like, okay, maybe there's something here that I need to learn. Because when I told that story to someone else uh, a few, like a year or so later, they looked at me and they go, wait, wait a second, wait a second. So you were like that uh, European dude at a bar in Chicago who's like, to dance, to dance, <laughs> just to like these girls totally creeping them out. And I was just like, oh, no, that's totally what I was at that one moment. And so it's, it's kind of like, well, maybe I should learn Spanish before trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, did you offer her some cheese after yeah, that? Oh yeah, say, oh totally. That'd be yeah. funny if her response was she looked you up and down and was like, "Queso." <laughs> I was holding her. I was, you know, you know, eating nachos in the club. It was, it was good. That's just every like American stereotype ever. Right there. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, exactly. Well, so okay, so the the thing you said, Jordan, about like the you know the people who will go out and do crazy ridiculous things to seek out rejection. Uh, Martin, you were into this story from a couple years ago this guy who like intentionally did rejection therapy yeah well i'm i mean this is a popular story so i'm sure you've even heard jordan but he it wasn't insane stuff he just went out and would ask for things and i think they talked about it on npr where there was like the good guy discount and he would just ask like hey do you have a good guy discount like i'm a good guy you're a good guy good guy discount he would get like 10 percent off things like it actually happened when i got pizza earlier today they burnt the pizza and i could have just been like oh it's burned walked away but they were like, sorry, we burnt it. And I was like, can you toss in a Coke? And, you know, it's that kind of a thing. They might say no, but it's so small. It's not like crazy rejection kind of thing. It's, it's more yeah, focused. Yeah, I, I do know that guy. And, you know, he's, he's a really nice guy, really good guy. But I, I will say this. When, when he talked to me about coming on Out of Charm, I thought, there's no real story here. Like, it's cutesy enough for NPR. It act, and he gives talks, and he does a good job. So I'm not trying to knock the guy. But I will say this. Asking for little things is a great first step, but it's it's really, really kind of a it's it's a disguised sort of it's like a false action step in my mind. Like it's great, sure, toss in a coke or or ask for a good guy discount. Hey, that's cool, but what is what are you actually doing with that? Like when I when I look at what what that guy is doing, and I I, I apologize, I forget his name. It's like to become a thought leader in the world of of rejection, but that's kind of like 
somebody who goes, I'm going to sell cars so I can learn how to teach people how to sell cars. Like, where's the real development that's occurred as, as a result? And if your goal is to get a dollar off or I get a free Coke, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think people look at it as like, I have defeated rejection. This is amazing. But it's kind of like you managed to start your car in the garage. It doesn't mean you're a Formula One driver. But since people get so focused on rejection, they think that once they find this way around it or they beat it, and I think this is actually his real point, is that it, it's like this is the you've, – you've passed the hardest part. And I think his real point, or at least his real point, should be actually you're just beginning, but it's actually really easy to defeat in the first place. So people get way too focused on the idea of like defeating rejection, getting around rejection. Look, once it's like losing your virginity. Once it happens, you're like, fuck, that was it? That's <laughs> I <laughs> worry about that. Why now I have an uphill battle of learning. <laughs> oh, I realize the real hard part is making sure that it doesn't also happen so quickly or whatever. <laughs> so, like, re- rejection, one of the reasons why I'm so reluctant to just focus on this topic over and over is because, for God's sake, like advanced or even lower intermediate people do not have this problem. And when you do get over this problem, even as a novice, you find a way to just kind of like dig in and go around. You're like, oh, that's it. Okay, now the real challenges are just beginning. So whenever I see products from people that are like, learn to never get rejected in sales, learn to never get rejected with women, or whatever the idea is, it's like, oh, okay your audience for this is like the bottom barrel guy who will probably never even try to get this done. Because if you're trying at all, you're still getting a certain level of success, period. Because you're never going to get rejected. We just talked about this. You're only getting rejected 80% of the time. Like, who cares? That's normal. So when you're looking at like real people doing real things, making real changes, rejection is the least of your worries. That's a really good point. It's like the um, you know, we've talked about this on our show before, but it's like the the Wayne Gretzky or you know the whole right. you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take or like Michael Jordan saying, you know I've made the most buzzer beaters, but I've also missed the most buzzer beaters. Yeah. And, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take, and insert like other cliches here, right? And it's really those the reason those are so popular is because rejection plagues so many people, but. It really is plaguing like the bottom percentile only, and that that bottom percentile might be like eighty percent. Don't get me wrong, but it's not plaguing people who are doing things because you just stop thinking about it after a while. It's just it's not. And even if you're thinking, oh well, I don't, I'm not worried about it in sales, but I worry about it with women. You already have the process through which to get through that. So it, it really is not a concept that I find it interesting to a certain extent because it's a false victory because once you once you master rejection you're just starting with the real deal and and the reason that people get so hung up on it is because they're afraid to try because they're afraid of the rejection but it, it, i don't think there's like a big body of of research that needs to go into it you know what i mean it's and the the guys who research rejection the most are marketers because they want to sell you something to get you over it it's like public speaking like, oh, it's going to be so hard. No, it's not. It's really not. You know, it's going to be a matter of practice. It, the, your, your level of fear in proportion to the actual event is much larger. You should be scared driving a car. That's actually fucking dangerous. <laughs> but nobody's really that worried about that, you know? They're not because they've done it before. And they've, they do it all the time. And a lot of other people do it that they know. And they're fine. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Oh, and on top of that, it's like there's a prescribed, uh, not to be make a pun, but there's a prescribed route for when you're driving or a prescribed path. Like these are the rules of driving. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> for these other things, they're so they can be so ambiguous or like. Being in a dating scenario is different than being in a asking the ice cream man for free ice cream scenario. Mm -hmm. And it's because since there's no rules around it, it's just like a total bedlam where you're like, okay, well, what, what do I even do to get started? Well, and then once you actually get over it and you can actually start moving forward, now it's time to set goals. And what you're saying is that the successful people don't even have to worry about rejection anymore because they've moved past that. Mm -hmm. Um and but what do you, what about the other side? So once you are successful, um, then you have to start rejecting other people. And is there is there kind of a flip there where, or is that all still in the same kind of bubble there? Yeah, I mean for me, it, it, that is actually a really a really good point because now that I'm I'm actually kind of in this area right now where people are like, "Will you come on our show?" And I'm like, "No," but I'm not really like, "No." I'm like, "Oh, um." let's circle back on this or maybe or uh what is it about and make people jump through hoops so i actually find it a little bit tricky to reject other people in that way because i know what it's like to be on the receiving end of that starting a show and being like oh man you know i need people to come on there and they're like no i don't like you or, or i don't know what a podcast is or whatever it is and that can be really tough so yeah it, it definitely goes both ways but i think for me you know, I have to manage a brand in a way that doesn't make lots of enemies and things like that. So I actually outsource this to somebody else to screen in the right people, take the time to do it, and then they will figure out which shows are good for me to be on, for example, and everybody else gets rejected. And if they if they feel bad about it, I just I can't worry about that. So I just try not to do it blatantly myself because I don't need someone to be like, oh, that Jordan guy is such a jerk. I asked him to be on my show and he was too busy because – there's a percentage of people that will feel that way. And you can't worry about that too much. But I'm in a unique line of work where I don't really have a choice. I kind of have to. Yeah, well, and that goes, too, to just, I think, you know, kind of talking more on the success aspect of it. The more, the more things you're doing um, that relate to your goals and the more success that you achieve, the more or the easier it is to just, like, lose total control of your time and your schedule and your calendar. But at the same time, while it's easy to lose that control, it becomes more and more important the more success you have to keep a handle on the things you spend your time on. Like you mentioned before we started recording this podcast, you're like, you know, most days I don't even have an hour to eat lunch. So it's very, you know, it's like you don't just like get to that level and then it's like, all right, well, now I can just do whatever the hell I want because I hit a certain level of success. It's like, no, now I'm actually, I have to basically architect my environment so tightly so, so that I'm able to do the things that I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm in a, I'm now in a position where I am getting rejected and rejecting more than I ever have. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm rejecting people every day and I'm getting rejected by people every day. And those rejections are bigger. It's not like, hey, will you come on my show? And the person's like, oh, I'm kind of busy right now, maybe later. It's like, hey, should we do this deal and you hire, you know, you work for me for this wage for a really long time, we create millions of dollars in product revenue, and they're like, no, I'm doing something else. That, you don't think that hurts worse than like, hey, will you go out with me? That, that hurts a lot less. 
Trust yes. me. But you don't realize that in the moment because your problems are enormous. Whereas like the rest of the world, they're minuscule. And I'm sure just like my issue, Richard Branson's like, ha, I just lost a billion dollars. And you're, I'm like, oh, well, that's sucks for sure way worse than what I'm dealing with you know so I I totally understand that and it's all it's all relative as the as the cliche goes but I'll tell you the more successful you get in my experience the more you end up getting rejected and the, and the more you end up rejecting other people which is and frankly just as bad in many ways yeah absolutely what about okay let's talk about the flip side of it then why is it that we we kind of fight for acceptance um, and that's, I mean, I think that's why rejection is such a huge deal is because we want to be accepted so badly. Now, my first take on that is something is probably along the lines of that. We want to find connections with people at the most basic level. So that's why getting accepted is such a huge deal. But, um, what are your, what, what are your thoughts on that on why we care so much about being accepted? Yeah. I mean, it's all ego, right? So, I mean, whenever I get rejected now and I think about, Oh man, you know, this is such a bummer. I always think about the reason and very, very, probably about 70% of the time. It's not like that's really going to negatively affect the business in a very real way. It's usually about like, screw you, man. You don't want to be on this or you don't want to do this project. Oh, it must reflect on me negatively. Well, fuck you. I hate you now too. <laughs> you know? And then as soon as I have that conversation with myself, I'm like, this is stupid. You know, why am I worried about this? Who cares? You know? And, and, so, of course, we're all seeking acceptance in some way, and that's why getting rejected from a, a girl that you really like hurts much worse than getting rejected from a job you didn't want to get in the first place, right? If I apply to Starbucks right now and they say no, I'm not like, are you kidding me? I've built a multi-million dollar business and I can't be a barista. I'd be like, why did I even bother applying? It's so stupid. I, I'm so glad they said no. Now I have a real excuse to not work there, right? And not there's anything wrong with that job. It's just like, you know, I, I wouldn't choose it if I had other options, me personally only. And so it's just like a silly thing that, that you, you're the only one is putting real world consequences behind it. And it's, it's all ego. I mean, if, if you ask a bunch of guys to hang out and one of them is really cool and he makes a lot of dough and he's like a professional athlete or whatever and he says no – you're going to be like, damn. But if the person you ask to hang out is like your little cousin's annoying friend who like eats all the good nachos and like, you know, farts a lot in front of everyone else and is totally embarrassing and socially awkward and he says no, you're actually glad, right? You're actually, like, oh, phew, I'm glad he's not coming over. He's so bring nachos to the club. Yeah. Just, he was going to bring nachos to the club. He doesn't even know how to speak Spanish. So like you, you don't care. So, but the, in reality, the mechanism is totally the same, and the consequences are actually the same, right? It's just that in some cases you were really wanting to be accepted by one person, in the other case you weren't. So leveling that out is easier said than done, but when you realize the consequences are all actually only in your head, it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, no, I really like that, and that kind of feeds into this idea that so – you mentioned the Starbucks thing, like you're not going to apply to a job at Starbucks because you have no desire to or need to. Um, but that mindset can be applied when you're not at that, you know, multi-million dollar business level of success as well. Because I think when a lot of people are starting off and whatever it is they're doing, whether it's dating, whether it's starting their own business, whether it's finding a job, they just put out this like, you know, what do you call it? Like drink from the fire hose kind of thing. Just I'm going to put everything out there 
and you know, I'm going to just try to date any girl who will date me. I'm just going to try and get any job I can get instead of being really focused and, and making an active decision and choice over, okay, what do I want versus what don't I want? Because if you, if you're able to tell yourself, these are things I don't want, then you just cut out like, I don't know, 25, 50% of any possible rejections. Cause you know, you don't care about those things anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, screening and narrowing it down. The, well, actually, on that note, it's interesting because a lot of people go to the extreme with this where they're like, they put all their eggs in one basket and that's when rejection really counts because they're like, oh, well, you know, I really only want this particular job. I only want to date this particular one individual. So if you get rejected, it's actually a problem for you because you are resting all your hopes and dreams on that one thing. But if you're playing the numbers game, then you'll eventually succeed. Now, the, the, of course, the flip side is the numbers, the quality over quantity or quantity over quality game is not necessarily really a good one to play. But if you continue, if you're doing that in sales, it's all the same, right? All the leads are basically created equal and you continue to plow through those and you put as many irons in the fire as you can so that when the ones actually pan out, you've, you've already got something that you're dealing with. You've already got your hands full. Whereas a lot of people, they don't do that, you know, because they're afraid of rejection. It leads to this weird cycle where they're afraid of rejection. So they don't put that many irons in the fire because, gee, you might get rejected. And then the one where they really feel like, wow, the benefit is finally great enough for me to put myself out there and they get rejected. It's devastating. Yeah, no, that, that's a really good point, I think. So, yeah, and on that note, it, it's really more about, um, I think, from, from the very start, instead of trying to just go out there and be like, okay, I'm either going to focus hardcore on one thing or I'm going to focus on a dozen things. You don't need to have it be like that first time you try is the end all be all try. Like we've talked about this before, like how comedians will test out jokes in small clubs before they bring them to Madison square garden. And I don't know if that's a, a mindset that's applied across the board, but it should be because not everything you do has to be like the one time you're doing it and it has to be this big showman aspect. It's like you can, I don't know, you can have a group of friends and say, hey, do you want to go on this trip? They say no. Okay, well, that's a no you just heard right there. At least I know I can get past a group of friends telling me no. What's the next thing? Well, and it's, mm -hmm. also, it's also moving on despite. So like one of the things that we've talked about is, you know, just because other people don't want to do it or they reject it doesn't mean you can't still do it. Um, and I think that's what's one of those, you know, it might not, if, if you say I want this job at this company and that's the only thing I'm going to do and they say no, yeah, you can beat them over the head for the next 10 years until they finally let you in or until, you know, they put a hit out on you. Or you can just say, I want this type of a life or this type of a thing and however it turns out is fine. Um, that way it's still a goal, but it's the actual outcome is completely ambiguous. So you're not tied up in any one specific type of outcome. You're, you're kind of open to, uh, it going a number of different ways. Yeah. And actually that, that kind of reminds me of like, we, we've talked, Martin and I've talked to some people before who they do, they'll talk to us about like this one career thing that they have in mind. Like, Oh, like I need to. I don't know, win a Grammy or something like that, or I need to like plan the Olympics, things like that. And with that one track mind, it's like, shit, if that doesn't happen, what, what, what are you left with? Versus uh, to your point, Martin, like, no, well, maybe it's, I want to impact people in a certain way. What are all the possible ways I could, I could make that impact happen? 
Yeah, and just, you know, following Art of Charm, I've seen you guys over the years just develop in a number of different directions. What, how have you guys kept that sort of North Star while also exploring different avenues? Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we actually have done a lot of that. I mean, we have a great team. We've expanded a ton, but there there's no real... Well, I guess we've keep... First of all, you keep an eye on metrics, right? I mean, I know that... I want to increase the audience size because I know that if I keep my eye on that ball, we're going to have more revenue generation, you know, and, and that'll give us freedom to innovate in other areas. So it, it's actually surprisingly simple. I mean, you find the metrics that actually matter and you pay attention to those. People aren't doing that. They're like, oh, I want to get more Twitter followers. Why? Well, I want to increase my, my influence. Well, you're not going to do it with Twitter. Nobody looks at that crap, you know, like no one. And if you have a certain amount of those, how are those converting for your business? Oh, well, I don't know, dot, 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 profit, right? No, you fail. You know? so, so people do a lot of that stuff because they want to be able to go, oh, I have 2,000 Twitter followers. No one gives a crap. You know? No, what you, I love what you're you saying that because we talk to a lot of people too. So, you know, we'll help, we'll help people like kind of get their projects off the ground and brand what they do. And I think one of the first things people tell us all the time in like, needing to get started is they're like, uh, I need to get business cards together. I need to get uh, a Twitter and a Facebook going. And we're like, what are you going to do with those business cards? Are, are those going to make sales for you? Are they going, they're the, going to go to the club. Is the business card going to talk and network yeah. for you? <laughs> and it's like a lot of these, um, I don't know how you'd, what you'd call it, but it's just a lot of like stupid tactics that are put before the actual work probably because they're the easiest things you can do and it makes you, it gives you this false sense of accomplishment. Absolutely. And it, and it, you avoid doing the hard stuff. Like, Hmm, we could have our biz dev people running out on the street, crushing, you know, trying knocking on doors, doing stuff. Oh, we don't have biz dev people. I'm the biz dev guy. Okay, cool. I'm going to work on our t-shirt design. No. You know, oh, oh, uh, let's uh, let's make a really kick-ass website instead of designing a prototype. Oh, we can't get the, past this engineering problem with the prototype. Guess we're screwed. You know, and I and I see this a lot. I ask like venture capitalist guys around here in Silicon Valley some of the stuff they see, and they're better at their game now. But back in the day, it was like some of the biggest issues they would see with other folks. Are, are like they'd have a rad website with like an interactive demo and like it looks awesome and they've got all this really cool chat responsive blah 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 virtual tour and they don't have a prototype and then eventually if they even get to the past the prototype stage what they've created doesn't look like the thing on the website and it's just you're sitting here shaking your head being like what the hell were you thinking? And it's so funny because we used to have a really, we used to have a laugh about it and kind of a sh head shaking laugh, you know, like, oh man. But now I realize they were avoiding rejection because in order to create a prototype, you're going to hit a ton of engineering hurdles. Why do that when you can just hire a web designer? Yeah. Right? In order to get to the place where you're making sales, you're going to have a lot of rejection. You're going to have a lot of failed biz dev in your wake. Why do that when you can buy swag and you can, is on our one really high grossing client, which is code for I can't get any more high grossing clients. Oh <laughs> you know, so like you can you can do all that stuff all you want, but are you doing it because you're avoiding rejection or are you doing it because that's actually the metric that's working for your company? And sometimes you find that 
I'd say a lot of the time, you find that the reason you're like, I'm focusing on this guy because dot, 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 mental sanity. No, you're doing it because you can't do the hard work or you won't do the hard work or you failed at the hard work. So I totally believe as much as the next guy in like firing the bottom 10% of clients. But I also think there's kind of like this weird entrepreneur intellectual masturbation that goes on where people are like, I'm only going to focus on the two things that are really high leverage for me. And it's like, mm, are you sure that's what you're doing? Or are you just avoiding making sales now because you have a couple of clients and you're resting on your butt? <laughs> no, I like that. It's kind of like a, that was like a, a manifesto. You just went out right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hear it all the time though. Like, oh, I'm focusing on this. Really? Well, why? Because you, like the reason is because you you think like I want to be fully digitally nomadic. Like no, you just can't run an office, and your employees all hate you, so you're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and I love that you called it intellectual masturbation. We've been throwing around a term called inspiration masturbation. And oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. that total avoidance thing where you'll watch TED talks for like a whole day and just feel really good about yourself, but you've never really put anything in the. In the box, <laughs> you've never penetrated the uh, the competition or the whatever you want to call it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. There's so yeah. There's so much of that too, right? Like, um, focus. I'm listening. I'm absorbing a lot of knowledge from a lot of people. Really, where are you getting that? Oh, cool. One of those podcasts where like, it's a 10 minute interview with a guy who's had 2,000 10 minute interviews in the last five years, and he's like saying, "Poke the box." It's like cool, but I could have read that in a blog post. Oh, and you did. Oh, and you heard 17 other interviews with this guy. You think you're absorbing his genius? No, like you need to create your business. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah. And that's actually so something that we've been doing with. Um, well, not sorry. Let me rephrase that. Uh, one of the things we've started to do, Martin and I, like, so if we have a long history with each other of just like sending each other interesting articles but with no context. But then this year, as we started to ramp up some of what we're doing, we were like, we need to be more focused around what we're actually going after and, and how we're spending our time. So it was like, cause you know, if someone sends you an article that's ends up being a half hour at least out of your day, if you stop to read it. So what we started doing instead was if we're gonna send the other one an article, we have to also put in that email, what did you get out of it? Why is it important? And how does it apply to what we're, how does it apply to our business? Because Otherwise, we're just jerking off to it, and it's not actually anything that helps us. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's there are so many – man, there's all these, like, groups online that people – you know how people can freaking add you to a Facebook group, and there's, like, nothing you can do about it? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a surefire way to get me to unfriend you, like, instantly. But um, I will – usually people get, like, one pass because they're, like, really passionate about it. And I'm like, okay, cool, and I just leave the group or, like, turn off notifications at, at best. But I, I've seen some of these because you have to pop in to remove yourself. And usually it's just, like, a dump of, like, all this crap that people have shared online. And I share things online here and there too, but it's, like, there's there's people who are just – like, oh, what's the what's trending? Like, what articles should I be reading? And I, I, I'm always so curious. I'm like, who is this person? So sometimes when I'm like hanging out or bored or like waiting for a train or something, and I've already studied Chinese and read everything on my reading list, I'll look at that person. And it's it's not something I have time to do a lot, but I'll tell you, just out of curiosity, ju let's justify it by saying it's a social experiment, right? I I look into this person. And I'm like, oh, this is like one of those guys or girls that is like, I'm daydreaming about when I can quit my day job and be a digital nomad. And it's like seven tips to nail your email inbox. I'm like, you don't have a problem with your email inbox. 
inbox because you have an influx of business and you're trying to route things the right place. You have a problem with your email inbox because you're getting fucking Pottery Barn newsletters and like deal of the day and funny crap and like animated GIFs. That's why you have a problem with your inbox. You don't have a productivity issue. You have a, you have a focus issue. And I see a lot of this stuff on Facebook in groups. I just, I, I can't, I can't tell you. I'm like the only person who has read every friggin' productivity article in a lot of these groups. And then when you talk to real entrepreneurs doing real stuff, they very rarely have read the same crap that everyone's talking about because it doesn't matter, right? None of that stuff has any consequence. Very rarely is there an article that you like, oh man, you didn't see that article about that guy who did that thing? No. And guess what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect my business. I just don't have the same thing to talk about with other people. It's like watching sports, except you think you're being productive because it's on Business Insider. Hell no. You basically just watched like a preseason baseball game. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so true. Yeah, because it's – and I, I love the fact that once you do kind of take your yourself away from that, you run into people who are like, "What? how have you not watched every season of – whatever show is hot right now and you're like well because i'm trying to do real things like where do you get the time to sit down and watch that many hours or 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 just like sit and flip through that many articles and uh one of the things kind of building off of uh sort of if you're going to send an article send it with an actual item it's who around you is also kind of challenging you on that stuff if if you surround yourself with a bunch of um inspiration uh chasers then all you're going to be doing is trying to find a new idea to think about every day. Well, yeah, that's actually a really good point. It, a lot of the weird people that I've sort of cut out of my life in the past few years who seemed successful at first are are just those people where they're like, no, like we got to figure out how to do this and like let's talk about the bigger picture. And I'm like, that's great stuff. Cool. This guy must have his business life totally handled because he's thinking about all this postmodern. Oh, wait a minute. This is your avoidance. Like, instead of watching Six Deadwood or whatever, or like True Detective Season 2 on DVD or House of Cards or whatever, instead of doing that, you're like, I'm talking about sustainability all the time. And it's like, cool, what are you doing to foster that? Oh, wait, nothing. You're reading articles and talking about it in Facebook groups and quote-unquote, like, advocating for it, right? But you're not actually doing anything about it. So it's this sort of, like, intellectual discourse for the sake of intellectual discourse, thinking... It's a dot, 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 awareness, dot, 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 global consciousness. No, man, solve the problem, right? I mean, if you've already created a business that sustains you, then great. But usually those are the people that can't afford the lunch you're talking, you know, that you're at talking about unlimited clean energy for everyone. So I don't have a problem with people with big vision, but I think people put that as an excuse. Again, talking about rejection, it's an excuse because no one's going to argue with them and go, Listen, man, stop worrying about children in Africa education and start getting your shit together. No one's going to say that to them. So it's like a safe way to screw around. Yeah. I mean, right? Well, really, at the end of the day, it's like the inspiration and the vision doesn't mean shit if there's no action that, that it's coupled with. Like, exactly. Talk, like you, talk is cheap. Yeah. Talk to a guy like Adam Brown who founded Pencils of Promise. You think he sat around for a few years talking about, man, someone should really educate those kids. No, he was like, crap, nobody's doing anything about this in any competent way. All right, I know some stuff about business. And he started a charity, and then he put his stuff to work. And now he doesn't sit around talking about how important education is for kids in, in third world countries unless it's going to get somebody to donate money to build a school. He talks about 
how fun it is to be able to make a difference. So he's, you know, he's doing it in an action-oriented way, whereas most people who are talking about a cause are just talking about how great it is to be able to serve this cause. And that, that's fine if that's what you want to do. But if you're not actually serving that cause or if you think you're serving that cause by talking about it instead of doing the action steps, you've totally put the cart before the horse and you're just another shade of that guy or that girl talking about a problem instead of solving it. And people do this in their own lives, not just in their business. I mean, this might be a little bit more business focused of a conversation, but people do that in their own lives all the time. Like the guy who reads every book on dating and reads every book on like body language and is like, oh, one day this is all going to come in handy. No, it's not. You're not applying it. You're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I have a, I, I have someone on Facebook who just constantly just posts these status updates about like all these injustices in society and everything like that. And, you know, for a long time I would just sit back and do nothing while I watched these comments flood in and all that stuff. And then one day I decided to, to get involved and be like, well, I see you write these statuses like every day and you write several of them per day. What are you doing to actually help the cause or help the issues you're complaining about? And then at that point, the person just like ripped into me for, I don't know, like for not being on board with whatever. And I was like, this has nothing to do with what I stand for and what I don't stand for. I just think it's stupid to talk about it on Facebook all day when you could actually be going out and doing something about it. Yeah, of course. No, the reason they were so sensitive about that is because their whole argument is, uh, but, but, but awareness you're not that big of an influencer. You're not Angelina Jolie. Nobody gives a shit about your opinion on Facebook. Your 10 friends who are in an echo chamber with you going, oh, my God, what an injustice. Republicans suck or whatever it is. It's like, listen, you know, you're just not influential enough for that to be all you do is talk about it. You're, you're not a celebrity, so you need to get your ass in. And even celebrities have actual charities. They cut a freaking check. Ask Sean Penn. He'll go down there with a canoe to Hurricane Katrina and rescue people's dogs. You know, you, you can't just sit by and post about crap on Facebook. That's literally worse than doing nothing because all you're doing is riling yourself up to the point where you're apparently not useful enough to take action anyway. Um, so the the idea that you're generating awareness for world hunger is completely completely complete fallacy, right? People know about world hunger. They don't, I don't need your status update to tell me about it. And you're not motivating me to do it because when I look at what you're doing, if it's nothing, then I feel okay doing the same thing. And that same thing, going back to the topic of rejection, is the same thing. If you're sitting around talking about inspiration and talking about how to avoid rejection or how to, you know, nine ways to close the sale without actually asking, you're just giving yourself and others even worse, you can screw up your own life. Don't mess with others. You're giving other people an outlet to go, oh, oh, okay, I don't even need to worry about rejection because this product is going to handle it. Or, you know, this this magazine has an article about how I don't have to worry about that. Okay, I'm going to read that and then get good at that. That way I don't have to worry about this whole rejection thing. Any type of avoidance, even if you think, even if it's a kind of avoid, avoidance that's cleverly disguised as you leaning into the problem is still avoidance. So just stop telling yourself a bunch of bullshit and go after it. Otherwise, you're never going to get through it. And then it's going to be one of those people who's like, I've tried so hard over the years. No, you haven't. You have not. Yeah, you wrote a Yelp review about a dentist because he shot a lion. Like, that's that's all you did. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Like, good, that guy's a son of a bitch, but you know what? If you really want to affect that guy's business, you can write a Yelp review, but you should actually be donating 
or heading up a charity that's going to help prevent that and or breed more lions and or whatever. Don't just click like on the status update, which is basically what that person did, only they typed a few more characters. Exactly. It's, it's like Jimmy Kimmel. Like He made some jokes and he complained, but then he said donate to this charity and he donated himself. Like That's, that's the taking action stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, people don't want to do that because it's harder. And you get all the recognition from being like, I'm going to take a stand on social media, like that one guy who ripped into you earlier. But he's only after the validation of doing of taking the stand. He's not actually trying to do the work of solving the problem. And so in that way, avoidance of this is actually really selfish because you're not doing anything for anyone else. You're doing that for yourself. It's just disguised as like, oh man, kids in Africa. You're not actually doing anything for kids in Africa. That status update is only about you. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of this comes down to rationalizing your existing behaviors. Mm -hmm. Right? Like you can say, oh, but I'm in the information collecting stage. And that allows you to justify that you haven't taken a substantial step forward because you're like, Oh, but this is the, this is the information collecting stage. I'm not yet at the, you know, whatever the product development stage. That's a different thing. That's down the line. I can keep doing what I'm already doing, and that's fine. Yeah, no, it's such crap. I mean, it's such it's such crap. And I'm not trying to be all holier than thou. I, I spent a long time doing that years and years and years ago, where it's like. No, I'm just, you know, I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing because I would hate to invest in something and then have it go wrong. And they're like, okay, the, you know, somebody got me over this. Can't remember who it was. Probably somebody from Wall Street uh, back when I was there. They're like, what's the time value of, your, of money? And I was like, okay, well, we bill X dollars an hour. And they're like, okay, cool. How much, how much research have you done? Well, you know, I've done this amount of research. Okay, what's the time value of the new project you're going to do? Oh, I don't know, this dollar amount to this dollar amount. Okay, so the amount of research that you're doing has cost this much money. But if you just done the other thing wrong, long, the equally long time, you would have probably learned more about how to do it right. right? And, and you would have therefore been at a higher dollar amount per hour. And it's like, you can't argue with that. So to put that in less confusing terms, the more you fart around gathering information, the less, the less likely you are one, even start the project, but two, you're not learning nearly as much as you would be by just trying it. So if you just bust through it, you can waste millions of dollars screwing up. But if you're wasting millions of dollars worth of time that you can't actually get back, well, you're, you're definitely screwed at that point. And I think what really helps to get you to the point of actually doing it is having some sort of accountability, whether that's you set penalties for yourself or you find someone who is going to hold you accountable. So like, for instance, uh, Martin's getting himself into stand-up comedy and he's actually, and even on top of that is, he, I, I write all the content for Ideal I mean, and Martin for a while has talked about, yeah, I, like in his own voice, he's like, yeah, I should write some stuff too. And I'm always like, the platform is there, go after it. But he's got another friend actually out here in LA who they got together a couple of days ago and his friend was just like, okay, tonight you're sending me a draft of a story. And then you sent it to him last night and he's like, all right, it's going live. I better see it live on the website by tonight now. Yeah. And those things just like keep you moving forward. And, and then you just kind of keep setting those goals and keep getting called out on what's real, what's fake and moving forward. Nice. Well, guys, I think we've beaten this horse. Ah, yeah. All right. So before we wrap up, uh, Jordan, where can our audience find you? What are you working on? 
Yeah, uh, you're listening to a podcast, as far as I know. So check out The Art of Charm. It's a podcast. It's wherever you found this one, probably, unless you found it on a website, in which case go to theartofcharm.com, and you'll find our products and podcasts there. But I, I'm not trying to sell anything. Like, If people think that what I've said makes a modicum of sense, there's 450 more hours of this and other people's wisdom as well. So don't worry at theartofcharm.com. I know Martin has firsthand success with the material from your podcast. It's absolutely amazing. Check it out. (laughs) Um, All right. So then to wrap up, let's go around the room or around the virtual room, I suppose. We'll start with Martin, go to me, and then Jordan will close with you. Uh, What is Martin? What's your answer to how do you handle rejection? Uh, You handle rejection by uh, stop lying to yourself and start doing things. My answer for how to handle rejection is to acknowledge the behavior that you're doing and be brutally honest if that behavior is getting you closer to your goal or not and then adjust as necessary. Yeah, my answer for how to handle rejection is not only accept it as part of the process and look forward to getting experience with it, but realize that the the more your tolerance, the higher your tolerance for rejection, the more likely you are to get past what is actually just a minor stopping block and get to the real challenges of creating a business or moving on with your life. Absolutely. Jordan Harbinger, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. All right. Have a good one. Take care. That was all that on our conversation with Jordan Harbinger. Jordan, thank you for joining us for that. It was like an hour of intense conversation about rejecting people and getting rejected. I feel... Uh pretty not rejected right now. <laughs> Would that be accepted? Accep- accepted. He I feels feel, accepted. Feel very accepted right <laughs> If you liked what you heard, then subscribe to this show on iTunes. All it takes is one tap of a screen with your finger. Also, be sure to follow along on our road trip as we close this out over the next week. Again, we're in Austin right now. We've got a couple cool episodes coming up for you out of Austin. And then we close it out in Nashville before going back to Chicago. So follow along at Idealemon.com and on the social medias where? At Idealemon. you got to say a lot of that. At Idealemon. <laughs> at Idealemon on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. We will catch up with you guys in the next episode. Let's get back inside. My ice cream's melting. <laughs>